This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hey, Liz. We're going to talk about whatever you want today. We couldn't take your questions last week, so we hope to have double the calls today. Allison, I want to hear about the Eurofest car show that you were a part of on Saturday. What all did you see? Uh, it, uh, tons of great cars, and um, we had one of the, I think it was the record biggest turnout for people that showed up. I mean, it was packed everywhere you look, which is awesome. It's a great success. We didn't have as many cars as we normally have due to um, having had to reschedule it and due to the coronavirus, but we still had a great selection of cars, and it, it was a wonderful turnout. So we had a, a really, really, really good time. I saw you making eyes at a Maserati. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have always loved Maseratis. I don't know a whole lot about them, but one thing I know is that they're really, really fast cars. <laughs> Every one that they, they put out, they're, they're high end. Um, that was a young driver. Him and his dad owned a dealership, and that was one of the cars that they have. Uh, so the, there's one Maserati there. And that was really, really nice car. And uh, and there were tons of others. What were some other poster-worthy ones? I guess, uh, were there a lot of Porsches there? There were. Um, one of the Porsches that was there, that's a rare car, is a Porsche Carrera GT. And when that car came out, I had googly eyes for it really bad. Um, it actually is a more it's a it's a lot prettier Porsche than just your average Porsche and it's uh the interior is different on it and it was gorgeous and that was um from the motorworks company that sells high end cars here in Jackson area and they had all kinds of amazing cars that they brought with them. And that Porsche, Porsche Carrera GT was one of them. Now, I okay, granted, I've watched a lot of the episodes of Top Gear that, you know, with the British show version. And so I've heard of Porsche Carreras. What made this car rare? It's a GT version, and it's... Um, it's, it's just it's the limited production. It's there are not a lot of them out there. They're very expensive, and they're set up really well to race and road race. And um, they're one of Porsche's technologically more advanced, where they experimented a little bit and did some interesting things. So, and then like I said, the the interior and the exterior design on it's completely different than any Porsche ever put out. And um, it's just a dramatically different car for Porsche because most most Porsches are all look the same or, or have a similar setup, but this one is truly different and unique in its in its own way. Okay, teach me. Does GT mean anything, or is it just alphabet letters that a manufacturer stuck at the end of the name of the car? GT stands for Gran Turismo, which is a track and. So when your car is a GT, basically it's saying it's, it's a brake version um, that 
that they put out. So it's, it's going to be a more sportier version. It's going to be ready track, supposed to be. And that's what GT stands for. It's, it's Gran Turismo, ready to race. <laughs> I am so excited to know that. That seems like something I should have known. <laughs> and thanks to you, I do know. Folks, that's the kind of information you can find on AutoCorrect. You can find out racing terms. You can find out about headlights, blinkers, oil changes. And if you have any question something you just wondered about or something you want to share or if you have a question about your vehicle we would love for you to be a part of our show when you were judging at Eurofest was there classes or was there a overall blue ribbon winner or was each car just judged on its own merits there's um, certain awards and not every car was a winner per se we we had best in class outstanding in class and then best in show for overall over all the cars um because we didn't have an award ceremony this year i'm not sure who all won what but there are different classes and for instance i judge the preservation class which is exactly that it's cars that have been preserved do you really want them to have original paint original everything and not modified, and that was the, the class that I um, judged this year. And there were race classes. There are, um, I'm, I'm really not sure what all the classes were. There, there are quite a few different classes of cars there, but um, the one that I judged is preservation. Okay. And, so I have a question, and this is this is a silly question, but I'm a silly person. All right, so we have cable at our house, and we love to watch the Hallmark Channel, and we watch the Hallmark Christmas movies and the fall movies and the Valentine movies. Anyway, there was one movie where uh, the, the, the love interest guy was an automobile restorer, and he tried to use original parts when restoring the vehicles, but his business was doing poorly because some of the parts you just can't get original for anymore. So he had to make the heartbreaking decision to restore cars, but with new parts to fit the old cars. What's your take on that? situation i just want to see him restored so (laughs) so if you have to go with something aftermarket that's been made for the car and it's not original then then go for it um and if you if you can't source an original part it is what it is so say if i'm going to buy the car and and it has some aftermarket pieces on it but they look original i'm okay with that personally you know this that very much is a, a my opinion and it different it's different between car enthusiasts some people are meticulous down to the bolts and want their original bolt bolts and they get that meticulous some people are not that meticulous with it and they'll use whatever just as long as it's generally original and so it gets it it gets very opinionated when it comes down to that for me i'm a little more lenient and i just want to see these cars restored and 
not so much worried about if it's the correct bolt or the correct piece of chrome and that sort of thing. Just as long as it, it looks like the original, then I'm fine with it. And I would assume if the owner is honest about it, then everybody knows what's going on. Right. And some aren't. <laughs> <laughs> Shame on them. We've got a couple of calls, Allison. Let's go to James, who's called in from Summit. James, what you got for us today on AutoCorrect? Well, in the vein of your of your current discussion, I'm looking for an old... Uh, an old time upholstery shop there in Jackson. I'm, I live in Summit, but uh, I have a, a 60, uh, 63 Pontiac that I need to have a headliner put in, and it's not done the same as it was as it is now. So I'm wondering if y'all have any information as to a very old upholstery shop in Jackson that can handle uh, a headliner for a 63 Pontiac. Well, the, um, my coworker Q on Q Customs does upholstery for all kinds of cars. And for something like a headliner on your car, you should be able to do easily. Other than that, I'd have to check around with my network and see. There are quite a few upholstery shops in the Jackson area. And I uh, would have to check around that. If you want to, you can email us at auto at mpbonline.org. And we can get your information for OnQ Customs and then look up some other shops if you'd like us to do that. But um, if he doesn't do it, he may know who to do it, would be able to also. So we ought to be able to get you some information on that for such a nice car. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, James. We appreciate you calling in. Let's now go to Trish in Jones County. Trish, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's up? Well, I am retired, and I don't drive near the miles I used to. I used to drive a company car, so to speak, that my sister and I owned the company, and we had our own cars. We did home health, and I had my car serviced about every two months, maybe three months. But now that I'm retired, I don't hardly ever drive. How often should I check my car? And my car is a 2016, so it's relatively new. It's not new. How often should I check my oil? Since it may be six or eight months now between, you know, service. You can check your oil based on the, the mileage that you drive. If you know it's not using oil, then I wouldn't see why you would need to check it very often if it's just sitting there. But Or maybe check it before you drive it. But I would try to drive it as often as possible, at least once oh, a I month, to take I it out. It. I okay, it. good deal. And, um, it's not far. Yeah, okay. Just as long as you're driving it at all. And that's good, okay. and um, about that often. So I would check your oil before you drive it, and then that should be enough to get an idea of, you know, the, okay. the condition of it and everything. If it's using oil, um, and keep an eye on that. But it sounds like you're driving it about just enough to keep it preserved without letting it sit too long. So that's good. Yeah. I hope so. My son's a purist. He wants me to check it every week, every day, almost every day. And he just, you need to check it all, Mama. I said, I don't ever do that. And he just had a fit. But he does have several older cars and two antiques, so. Yeah. On older cars, you had to check them more. On newer cars, they're not as, as leaky. 
as they used to be, but it's still good to check it before you drive it if it's been sitting for a little bit. So that's what I would recommend. I've always watched my carport, too. There's no oil on my you know, carport on my carport. That's good, and it's good to know if you're if where the where the car parks, if it's dripping any oil, and know the condition right. up under right. your car. That's that's a good that's, thing to know. Good deal. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you, and I appreciate your show. Thank Thanks, you. Trish, and I'm glad you've got a dutiful son who worries about his mama. Send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're taking your questions all hour. Is your car under recall? I've got a list of ones that are. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Slowly we started, you know, picking these turtles up and saving them. I'll stop traffic, grab one out of the road. And then our friends found out and our vet would call us. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. We are now a full-fledged nonprofit turtle rescue. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. If you want even more AutoCorrect, I hope you'll find our podcast. It's on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. Only got one recall for the week. I don't know if that's good or bad. The 2020 through 2021 Buick, Cadillac, and Chevrolet cars and SUVs Dealers will replace the electronic brake boost module for free. So you can find out if that happens to be your car or find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov slash recalls, and put in your VIN number or you can get the safer car app and it will alert you uh, when your car has a recall we're taking your vehicle repair questions our email address is auto at mpbonline.org we've got a couple questions for us allison first we're going to go to olivia in shibuta olivia what's up with you thanks for calling in to autocorrect today Oh, I was just calling in because uh, I have a 2006 Mercedes, and uh, I hadn't drove it probably in two months. And when I drove it the other day, the uh, engine light came on it. I didn't I hadn't been driving because the oil needed to be changed, and I have to go to Jackson to the uh, Mercedes place to get it changed, and I just hadn't had the time to do it. Allison, what about her engine light? 
you got to get the code red for me to be able to say what that is. So when you get a check engine light, it literally means something is wrong with the emission system. And for some reason, um, and that could be your engine causing it or, or, or um, part of your emission system itself, the evaporative emission system. So you'd have to get that code read to, to be able to know it any further what's going on with it. Um, so check engine light basically means something in the way your car is running is causing the emissions to go up. And okay, so, so you, something you don't is think going it because the oil, You don't think it because the oil needs to be changed? It's over no. uh, 10,000 miles? Okay. No, that's, that's not related. Um, so the check engine light is unrelated to the, it doesn't know when the oil needs change. So your, your check engine light means there's a problem somewhere and okay. yeah, and your, your oil light and all that is separate from, from your check engine light. All right. Thanks, Olivia. Now, Allison, for Olivia, if she wants to get her oil changed at the Mercedes dealer, but it, she doesn't, can't get there yet, uh, remind us where she could get her check engine light code red, maybe? You can get your code red, and um, most of the time they can, they're able to read your code at an auto parts store. They do check engine light code readings. And more than likely, they'll be able to let you know what the uh, what the code is for it, and can get you an idea of what's going on with it. So, auto parts store, and sometimes your smaller shops will let you read it without charging for it. But your dealerships are going to charge to read your check engine light. But uh, but they'll do that for free for you at. O'Reilly's, Advanced Auto Parts, one of those, any those Napa places. Yeah. All right, mm-hmm. Livia, I hope that helped you out. Um, here we go with another a caller who couldn't stay on. Allison, they asked, "What does the number on the torque converter mean?" And then maybe they have RPM. RPM on their torque converter. Uh, I'm just I'm just giving you what Java gave me. The question okay. was, what does the number on the torque converter mean? It may just be a part number, but um, yeah, there. I'd have to know what kind of car it was and and everything to need a little bit more information. But for people wondering what a torque converter is, it literally converts torque in your automatic transmission. And they're specific to the transmission. So that's why I say it may be a part number that's saying this is the one, you know, this is the part number for this torque converter. And this is the one that goes with this transmission. And, and that's what it means. It may not be a measurement or calculation of, of anything. It's probably a part number. All right. Type or whatnot. Well, we are just sitting around shooting the breeze waiting for you to call in with your car questions or your 
fall chat. I don't want to get into elections here, but uh, anything else you want to talk about, give us a call. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Allison, we mentioned earlier that you were one of the judges at the Eurofest car show. I know sometimes the car community is pretty close-knit, and you might see some of the same faces uh, multiple times, you know, a year or, in, you know, from year to year. Was there anything new that caught your eye that you hadn't seen for a while or uh, uh, just kind of went, hmm, when you saw it? Yeah, we had um, a Dino, a Ferrari Dino there. It was a replica, but still an awesome car to see, and... That was um, it was it was a beauty. You can go on my Facebook page and see a, a video of it driving off. Um, that one was a, a standout and it was not there in the subsequent years of Eurofest. Um, that Maserati was a new one that that you spoke about that I saw and I've got video of that too driving and. Um, the Porsche Carrera GT. Um, let's see some of the other cars. There were uh, one of my friends brought their BMW race car, which I hadn't seen before. And there's video of, of him pulling up to check in on my Facebook page. And it was it's a little BMW 3 Series, uh, little race car, multicolored thing. It looks awful, but I bet it runs like. A scalded cat and um, just a neat little car. BMW makes a heck of a race car, so that's and and their older cars. A lot of them are still they're they're used for racing, and and they, that was unique to see up there because um, you don't normally see that at Eurofest, an actual race car that's still racing. Um, we had some old ones that I was glad to see again that I've seen there before that were awesome the the Alfa Romeo GTV 6 which is a gorgeous car you can look it up and see it's got amazing angles to it and I think it's a beautiful car um, and that that was really really nice so we had some that were that have been there before but we did have a lot of new ones this year and um, I know we had a few new motorcycles that we didn't have there before. We had motorcycles, too, at Eurofest for for those people who are interested in vintage motorcycles and, you know, a small section of that, and that's a special part of Eurofest. And so we, we had some new entries in that, too. So I know one of them was a new Triumph. It's a gorgeous motorcycle that they had just finished restoring out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And that was really neat to see. Well, we said the magic word, Allison, and we got four calls. So let's take one before we do our break. Let's talk to Allie from Alabama. Thanks for calling in today, Allie. What's uh, up with you? Well, I have a uh, 04 Ford Explorer XLT, and I had it had the had a fuel put put in a tank and a fuel filter. It ran really good for a couple of days, and then the next day I got ready to crank it up. It would not start. It just turned over. 
Uh, I, I want to know how to diagnose something like that. One thing you can check is the fuel pump relay and switch. Fuel pump relay? The, the fuel pump relay. Switch that relay with one that's similar to it and see if it cranks. Um, if you have one similar to it in your fuse box. If not, it might not hurt to change it. But you can also look up how to test fuel pump or how to test relays in general. They're uh, a little bit weird to test, but you can figure it out. And and they're neat. You, you just put power to them and make them click and make sure they're working. Um, another thing you can do for a fuel pump situation is on top of your engine, there's there's a Schrader valve on the fuel line. And it's just like the Schrader valve that you put air in the tire, you push in the middle of it, and that re that opens it up. And if you have fuel coming out, then you know that your fuel pump is working. But if there's no fuel coming out, you know something in your fuel system is not working correctly. So that's something that you can check. And that's on most all cars is, is the Schrader valve on the on the fuel line. Um, another thing is to you, check. You it's, on the, it's on the fuel line? It's on the fuel line under the hood. It's, used, it's for easy access to check if you got fuel coming to the top of your engine. Yeah, yeah I did that before. So uh, on, on another vehicle I had. But yeah, okay. I know where that is. Anything else you got? <clears throat> See if your fuel pump is priming when you turn the key into the on position. See if you hear the fuel pump coming on. And if you don't, then you may have something happening there. And you said it's a 2004? Yep. A 2004? I'd have to look into the electrical schematics to get any further with, with helping you out with that. But those are some beginner do-it-yourself Test that you can do for um, a fuel pump issue, if that's what it is. Do you have a check engine light on? I do. Uh, that might play a part in it too. So you might want to get that checked out. Get a get the code read or buy a code reader for yourself. It doesn't hurt to have one. And I have one. check and see. You I do, do have, have one. one? Well, it's it's codes uh, comes out different from the one at Advanced Auto. Uh, I don't know how that is, but it is like that. <clears throat> then she. Do you know what codes I, it is? Do I know what? Do you know Sorry. the codes? What codes they are, or what they relate no, to? No, I don't. I, I'll have to go online to, uh, to look it up. Or uh, like I said, I took it to Advanced Auto, and they 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 didn't know the the codes that I have. The codes are different. <clears throat> So I guess I have to go go online and look it okay. up. Yeah, you may yeah. it may be something else going on with your car, like a knock sensor is is not letting it turn on or something like that, not letting the fuel pump turn on because it's reading off or something like that. So you may have something else going on too with that check engine light being on. So I would get okay, that checked out. Okay, let me ask you one more question. Could it could uh could it be um the uh, could it be the the the, uh, the the coil pack? A coil pack? No, that'll yeah. cause a misfire. That won't cause it to not crank. That'll just cause it to have a misfire. 
Okay. Well, that's so about don't all I have. Those. Don't replace yep. those. Don't replace okay. those unless yeah, unless you're you have a code for them. But unless that won't stop or... a car from cranking. So it won't stop it from cranking. Okay. okay. All right. That's about all I have. Well, uh, if you have anything else, I'm uh, I'm out. Okay. Thanks, Ali. We appreciate you calling in. Our email address where you can send a question is auto at mpbonline.org. What's an unreliable car not to buy? We'll get to that in a bit. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Thanks if you took the opportunity to support MPB during our fall drive time fundraiser. If you missed your chance, please take a few minutes right now to vote for in-depth news and information by making a contribution at mpbonline.org or call 888-372-4483. Thank you for your support. Listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill. I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click support and make a contribution. Contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and others to enjoy. We have just finished. Yesterday, we finished the on-air portion of uh, our fall fund drive. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for everyone who made their contribution. If you haven't, you can still make your contribution. Click that support button on the MPB Public Media app, or you can go to our website, mpbonline.org and give there. But we thank you so much for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Okay, Consumer Reports gave the label never buy to 30 used cars. Today we're going to caution you about the 2014 Audi A4. After 2011, the Audi A4 showed steady improvement in reliability ratings, especially in the engine and electrical systems. Before these upgrades, A4 was a troubled car. Consumer Reports called out the 2009 and the 2010 editions as used cars to avoid, but 07 and 09 are right there with them. In the current decade, steer clear of the 2014 model. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this card before purchasing it as a used car. Suggest Consumer Reports. CarComplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. And if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI. He's also on YouTube 
Otto Casey. And his review this week is the 2021 Kia Seltos, S-E-L-T-O-S. We want to hear what's up with your car. Email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Ken, who is in Tupelo. Ken, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or your question? Yeah, thanks. I, uh, I've got a, a 2011 Lexus GS350, uh, and I had the brake rotors replaced about a year ago, about 15,000 miles ago, and it's, it's had a little shimmy in it. And it's gotten worse, you know, and it's got about 120,000 miles on it now. And my question is, you know, I ask them why they didn't turn, you know, they used to turn the rotors, you know, but they replaced them. And I was wondering, do they, do the, do the, do the brake shops still turn rotors or do they always replace them? And how long should a, a new set of rotors last? Well, the rotors on newer cars these days are thinner than they used to be, and you don't turn them anymore. You just replace them. Um, the reason that they're thinner is to save weight um, measurements on there and to make the car lighter, and that's one area that they've done it in is in the rotors on cars. So when you go to turn them, there's not much metal left, and they recommend just replacing the rotor instead of turning them. Turning them makes them thin and will make them do that warp where it, or it feels like they're warped where they vibrate. Um, were yours vibrating before you had the rotors replaced? You know, I think, I think they were. Okay. I can't quite remember. Um, I'm uh, not trying to pick on you or anything, but you may be braking a little bit hard. Some people are real hard brakers, and what ends up happening is the gas between the brake pad and the rotor gets off, and it and it makes the the rotor vibrate. It feels like the brakes are vibrating when you push on the brake pedal. So. Yeah. It can be cleared up through braking more gently, but you can also have your pads, you can take off your pads and just scrunch them on the ground on the driveway, and that'll, like, resurface them and then do a break-in, stop and go again to break it in. You can look up how to break in pads on your on the Internet and go through a, a break-in process and see if that resets your gases, basically, that build up on your rotors. Okay. And, um, well, I'm, I'm going to have to take it to the shop, you know. I, 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 um, I, I, I don't think I'm up to taking the brake pads off. Yeah, and, and get them check it out again. Uh, they're probably going to recommend you replace the rotors and pads again, but like you said, you you only had that done 15,000 miles ago. You um, you can probably just, like I said, take the pads off. You can scruff them up on the ground. It kind of resurfaces them on the driveway. And then 
put them back on and go through a break-in process again. And that's the break-in process for brakes is where you get up to 45 miles per hour and then you slow down real hard and you do that three, four times in a row. And then you go up to 55 miles per hour and you slow down um, to about 15 miles per hour. And you do that three, four times in a row. And then you drive it at 60, 70 miles per hour for about 15 minutes to cool it off without braking and it's interstate so that's a break-in process for brakes maybe they didn't actually do that at the shop that you did it in and it made it come back quicker than it should have or it could be like i said you're braking harder than you need to be and usually that's the case i find um some people just brake really hard they push really hard and the car jerks every time and they end up getting that that vibration in their brake system which yeah. I've seen corrected before with just being light on your brakes and it like it resets it. Yeah, I didn't get the memo about the break-in process, I don't think. Well, it's something that when you have your pads replaced or your pads and rotors replaced at a shop that they should do. Okay. All right. And, and listen, I heard you t say the other day you need to get your brake fluid replaced every two years, but I don't recall ever getting my brake fluid replaced. Um, it's often um, missed. It's it's often missed. It's it's like differential fluid. People rarely replace their differential fluid, but any fluid goes bad and builds up junk and you want it cleaned out of the system. So brake fluid is every two to three years that you'd want to have it replaced and refreshed. And that's based on years but, and not mileage because brake systems absorb water from the atmosphere whether you're driving or not. So it's based on a, a year, years instead of on mileage. Well, how hard is it to take off the brake pads? It's not hard. You can look it up for your vehicle and... Uh, more than likely, there's a YouTube video for it, <laughs> and it can walk you through it. So it's it's generally it's not hard with a simple socket set to do the brake pads on a car. It's a DIY thing for sure. Okay. Well, thanks for the tips. You're welcome. Thank you, Ken. We appreciate you calling in. Let's uh, go to Brandon before the break. Brandon, thanks for calling in from Vicksburg. What's your comment or question for AutoCorrect? Hey, good morning. Thank you for um, all the good insight uh, and good information. Um, I have a 2014 Chevy Spark with a stick shift, uh, 122,000 miles, and the car has been great. Uh, it's just... I don't know if it's you know psychological or not, but I, when I'm driving now, it feels like maybe it's like a little bit more spongy in, in the suspension. Like when you turn, I don't know if it's right or not or um, true or not, but I just feel like it kind of uh, moves around a little bit more than it used to. Uh, so the question was, uh, is the struts and the shock absorbers and, and that 120,000 miles, is that something I should look at changing? That's the culprit, and one way to check that is to do a bumper push test. So you push the bumper down real hard and see how much it bounces. And if it if it bounces a couple times and then settles into place pretty quickly, 
then mm. you're okay. But if it kind of keeps bouncing, you know it's time to replace them. It may just be a part that's prematurely wore out on that car. And usually you don't need struts and that sort of thing until 200,000 miles, but you're only mm. at 122,000. But I have seen Chevy products, um, components go out earlier than expected on a lot of their vehicles um, for different things. And that's one of them is their struts and shocks. So it, it may be that it has, they have gone out and... And is it is your tires wearing evenly still? Um, yeah, I, I had tires replaced, and they didn't they didn't mention that it was okay. anything out of alignment or anything. Okay, I'd keep an eye on them and keep them rotated like you're supposed to, but um, it's not really going to hurt anything besides it feeling spongy and everything like that. You can wait a while if you want to to replace them. But, or you can do that bumper test and see how much it floats. Um, another thing is to go on a bumpy road or somewhere that you can find some bumps and mm. see how it feels. If it's real floaty, you know that it's it's they're prematurely worn out mm. and need to be replaced. Okay, great, great. That's definitely. Brandon, just come on over to uh, Jackson from Vicksburg. We'll we'll give you lots right. of bumpy roads. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Ask a quick follow-on question. You about bet. Fluids. Um, so you mentioned fluids that don't need to be changed. Um, how about the the manual transmission oil? Um, I heard some. I, I think my mechanic actually. I asked him. He's a friend of mine. I just said, Do I need to change it? And he's like, No. Stick shift. You never have to change it. But now, based on what you said, maybe uh, it should be something to look at. Yeah, it's, it's like any fluid. You would want to change it. Um, there's a little grit and everything that builds up in there mm. and wears out things faster than they should. So every fluid has a limit on how long you change it. For me, every 50,000 miles is a good average for transmission fluid, whether it be automatic or manual. So... I would change it if it were if it were me, and I'm not really sure why there's a lot of like half the mechanics out there say don't ever replace certain fluids, and then the other half are saying the same things I say, which are there they always need replaced at some interval. There's no fluid that lasts the life of the car. You might get a lot of mileage on it, but eventually it's going mm -hmm. to cause a problem. So right, it's right. it's good and, to get refresh refresh your fluid. It certainly isn't hurting anything. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and you mentioned before, like uh, water and dirt gets into the fluids anyway over time. Right. So it deteriorates. Yeah. Oh, great, great. That's excellent. Thank you very much, and uh, I'll, I'll take you up on driving the Jackson, and hopefully my, my, tire, my tires don't explode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. We appreciate you calling in. We are taking your vehicle repair questions. Hang on, Jerry and Homer. You can always send us an email to our address, auto at mpbonline.org. What's in the news? I'll tell you next. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, co-host of Money Talks. 
Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Podcasts can be found on our website or on your smart device's podcasting platform. It's an expensive cycle. Insurance, gas, maintenance. Let us help break it by turning that car of yours into public radio. If your car is more work than it's useful, donate it to us. We'll pick it up, get top dollar for it, and use the funds to bring you more of your favorite shows. You might even qualify for a tax deduction. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our live program, you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASC certified. Okay, this has shown up in my Google wants to show me what's in the news all over the place the last two days. The 20. 22 GMC Hummer EV. Have you heard about this, Allison? No, an electric Hummer. That's awesome. It starts at $112,595. My God. Wow. I thought the Hummer was something you take out back mudding and going up a mountain. $112,595. I wonder what the range is as far as how far it can drive on a charge, because that's quite a big vehicle. I can't imagine it going very far, like 200 miles or something. Well, that's crazy. They said they were going to come out with some cheaper models in the future, but right now, I'm sure that's more than my house. Okay, let's go to Jerry, who has called in from Snow Lake Shores. Jerry, what you got for us? Hey, hey, uh, can you hear me? You bet. Uh, just a simple question. Uh, I actually bought. I have a Subaru, and I accidentally bought some 20W5 instead of, or excuse me, 5W20 instead of 0W20. Let make a difference. I don't. I have my own opinion, but I'd like to listen to Allison. And also, as far as brakes and rotors go. I always buy the least expensive brake pads because it's a lot easier and less expensive to replace them than the rotors. And that's all I have. I, like I said, I bought on accident some uh, 5W20 instead of 0W20 uh, for a Subaru. I like Allison's opinion on that. Thank you. What year Subaru is it? It's a 2017, and uh, I did have my tranny oil change at $50,000, 50,000 miles, which the dealer was kind of shocked that I wanted to do that, though. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I hate that line of thought that you shouldn't change that stuff. It, it Obviously, it needs change. And any transmission shop will tell you that failure happens to transmissions because of fluid not being changed. That's a fact. So um, that's so that it. One thing is the shops aren't used to people wanting to maintain their cars, for one thing. Usually they wait for something <laughs> breaks before they bring it in because we're already spending so much money on the car note, the car insurance. It's like plus maintenance. It's It can be very expensive to have a vehicle, and so there's that. But as, as far as um, 
with the oil, I would go back and get the Zero W20 because it's full synthetic, and that's what it calls for on that engine. You want to stick to it. That's what that engine was made to run on, and you'd want to stick to that. The 5W20 is should be conventional, and you don't want to put conventional oil in a car that's meant to run on synthetic. Well, this is uh, just just to be on the safe side. Thanks, Jerry. We appreciate you calling in. Let's take our last call and go to Homer in Clarksdale. Homer, we got about one minute. Yeah, Allison, quickly, uh, a 3.9 Dodge V6. I got an engine light that came on. Uh, The truck is running. When I'm sitting still, when I crank it up, it runs rough. Does not hesitate once the engine heats up. And when I first crank it, the gas is very lean. It kind of burns your nose. I mean, any ideas with that information? Sounds like you've got a misfire. But get that check engine light checked out, and I would have it fixed immediately because you do not want your car to have a misfire. When you when you have a misfire, if it's um, anything to do with the if the fuel not burning, then it's burning up your – it's melting your catalytic converter, which is like a $2,000 repair, and you don't want that. When it could just simply be a spark plug that needs – it should it could be simple as a tune-up to get it – corrected Uh, sometimes there's more to it than that but sometimes that's all there is and you want to go ahead and get that fixed homer i hope uh, that was enough to get you going in the right direction we are so happy that allison is here to provide this great advice that's going to wrap us up for today's auto correct we thank uh, java chapman and michelle mcadoo for help put on our show for allison walker that you can follow on facebook twitter and instagram as the lady automatic auto mechanic i'm liz gill join us each thursday for autocorrect on mpb think radio this is an mpb think radio podcast 